0: Good morning, and welcome to this edition of Advice Worth Keeping, KPMG's podcast series where we interview firm executives and thought leaders, as well as third-party industry luminaries and experts on important global business trends, topics, and leading practices. My name is Stan Lepique, and I lead global research for KPMG's Management Consulting Services Group. And I'm pleased to have back with us again today Mr. Randy Wheelie. Randy is a managing director in the US firm. He is part of the shared services and outsourcing advisory practice. And we're here today to talk about general trends in terms of information technology and business process outsourcing. So Randy, thanks for joining us again here today on advice worth keeping. So what I'd like to talk about today, some of the fundamentals. So there's a lot of talk in the market around robotics process automation, cognitive automation. In the U.S., there's a lot of talk around the impact of immigration reform from the new administration and what that will mean to the use of shared services and outsourcing. But I think what's important to recognize is that for a lot of firms, particularly when get into the more exotic types of process automation, it's an interesting topic and it's something they're looking at. It's not really the bulk of their focus. So what I'd like to talk about with you today, Randy, is what are some of the basics in terms of making outsourcing successful? We've heard a lot about what's coming next in the future, but if you look at your client base and the firms you're dealing with, what are some of the issues today relative to outsourcing in general and what you would advise them to focus on to make sure they have success with their efforts today?
1: All of our clients are interested in the things that you've talked about, digital labor and so forth, but most of them have some foundational outsourcing agreements in place. And after a few years, they tend to become frustrated and and dissatisfied. and, And we see the pendulum swinging back and forth between sourcing and insourcing every few years. And we've looked at that, and the answer to why that's happening is it's generally due to a misalignment between the expectations of the sourcing and the sourcing model used. And we want clients to have a fair amount of flexibility as they look at sourcing. We don't think that one approach to sourcing works in every situation within a client's business, and there should be a lot of variation and flexibility in that model. But because of that, the expectations and operational approaches can vary significantly depending on that model. And that can be the source of a lot of the confusion and the conflict and the dissatisfaction. What we really want to ensure in in sourcing between a client and a service provider is that there is alignment between the sourcing model and the expected result.
0: So, Randy, firms have been doing outsourcing for, in some cases, many, many years. In terms of their satisfaction or their ability to align their expectations with the reality of the engagement, are firms just not figuring out how to do that? Or is it a scenario where what they're undertaking with their third-party service providers continually gets more complex, either from the standpoint of the services and scope or what's the overall scope of the arrangement? So are, are firms just not progressing, or is it that they're continually raising the bar as to what constitutes success with their efforts?
1: Probably a little bit of both. Certainly the sourcing market and the services market is a lot more complex than it was 10 or 15 years ago. Around that time, we started talking about something called managed services. Looking for a definition of managed services, I think most people would say that it's a commercial agreement to deliver an outcome, and that's true. A managed service isn't, in fact, expected to deliver a business outcome, but we think it actually goes quite a bit deeper than that. All services are designed to deliver an outcome of one form or another. Even a simple staff augmentation model is expected and intended to deliver an outcome. So the concept of managed services and calling that an outcome-based model tends to oversimplify the model and hide the potential issues. And, in fact, it's the details that are very important, and there must be strict alignment between the service provider and the client. So we look at five key things when trying to make that alignment in an outsourcing relationship. There are staff, the location, the methods, the tools, and, most importantly, the end-to-end management responsibility. You can picture a continuum with staff augmentation on the left, and an as-a-service capability on the right, that kind of represents the variation of choices that are available. If we start to break it down against those five key elements, generally with any sourcing model, the service provider is going to select the staff, that's kind of the point, and usually the location as well. In the middle, you've got methods and tools, and sometimes those are dictated by the client, and usually that's to align with other activities within the client's business or with the service providers for consistency. The other choice is the service provider uses their standard tools and their standard methods. That latter option, where the service provider makes that selection, generally results in a lower cost and a higher quality from the service provider because they are then leveraging their expertise and experience with their environment. But it's that last one, the management, end end management responsibility that's most important. As a service model, and that's the far right of that continuum, the service provider is going to have full autonomy in the delivery of the service. But from there there's many many variations and if the management responsibility is shared between the service provider and the client we would generally call that co-sourcing but if the client has too much control then there isn't really much of a managed service and the result is closer to the staff augmentation model and that's the issue where we see the most conflict and the most issues when sourcing has gone wrong and that is the client ends up managing the managed service That can either be due to a service provider failure, failure to properly manage the environment, or also often a client's desire to retain control. But in either case, it's disastrous, the intent of the sourcing, because, again, there's a mismatch and a misalignment of the expectation of the result and the
0: sourcing model used or the execution of the sourcing model. So, Randy, it's clear, then, that clients need to focus on the right end of the continuum you just described. In that focus, where's the reality today in terms of looking for benefits beyond just the cost savings? So we hear a lot of talk around the use of outsourcing to get access to skills, to be able to redirect your internal resource to more strategic activities. On the other hand, when we do any sort of research, we see that the number one driver for outsourcing is saving money. So is that a conflict to be able to get to that right side of the continuum to have firms save money? But- where are you at today with firms in terms of looking beyond just those cost savings, but also in terms of looking for those more strategic benefits, being willing to cede more control to the third-party provider?
1: The far right of that spectrum is where you'll see the highest degree of savings and generally the least amount of risk because it's a leverage platform and one that's been invested in by, by the service provider and many other clients. to standard environment, and so, again, that's where the majority of the savings are. But that's not an effective model necessarily for every service that is desired by the client. We don't ever expect, as I mentioned earlier, for one model to satisfy all the needs of a client. So the reality is any of these models or the variation within the model are fine. And in fact, we want the clients to have variation in how they source because that's what we found to be the most successful. Strategic activities are more likely to be sourced in a staff augmentation or co-sourcing model because the client should, in fact, have more control on those strategic elements. But the less strategic activities are more likely to be sourced in an as-a-service or a more fully managed service. And let me step back for a second and, and once again say that any of these models and any of these variations within the model are fine. The element of control, management control, in the other characteristics that we talked about. That's not the issue. The real issue is, is there alignment between the parties on how those things are established? So is there alignment on risk and control? Does the party that is carrying the risk have the proper control for the management of that risk? Is the staffing in line with the management responsibility? If the control is split, the management and the staffing should be split. If the management responsibility lies primarily with the service provider, then the client should reduce their staff and not try to manage the environment. And across all of those dimensions are the expectations of the engagement and the outcome it produces in line with the model chosen. Again, any of those models can work. Any of the variations within the model can work as long as
0: they're understood, they're documented, and there's agreement between the the service provider and the client. So Randy, if any of the models are applicable given circumstances, how does an organization go through determining what works for them? You talk about the alignment between the client and the service provider, but how do organizations need to focus on alignment internally? So if there are some constituents who are looking to save money, others are looking to access skills and talent, others who may have different motivations, what's your advice for the client to first align themselves internally and then look at alignment with provider in terms of the context of the engagement?
1: Most clients go through a process, often we help them go through that process of defining the services to be sourced and defining the approach for that sourcing. But what does come first is segmenting the work to be done into the various models. So sometimes that can be strategic activities versus non-strategic activities. Sometimes it can be strategic assets versus non-strategic assets, or sometimes it's just a matter of defining organizational goals and objectives and ensuring that the models line up with that. So there's many ways to do it. It comes down to looking first at the objectives for the client and then looking at the work to be done and then segmenting it to the various sourcing models that are most aligned to that type of work.
0: To wrap up then, it sounds like outsourcing is alive and well, but some of the challenges organizations face are not new, but they require some of the basics of what you just described in terms of internal alignment and then alignment with the service provider. looks like firms still have some lessons to learn but are making progress and at the same point are getting more complex in terms of the scope of their initiatives and what the benefits are that they're looking for. So anything to add to wrap up?
1: Our clients are actively pursuing sourcing engagements, it is a very effective and proven way to save costs, to get access to skills that they might not otherwise have, to improve the service level being provided to their end users, and it's become more complicated over the years. Certainly, there's more choices available as a service and and other models. I think the important thing, the takeaway, is to take the time to look at the details associated with the service and make sure that those that the expectations are aligned with the model selected and dive into the details to make sure that there's alignment on who is selecting the staff and the location, who is selecting the methods and the tools, and then how is the end-to-end management responsibility split between the parties. That we found to be the most important characteristics for ensuring success
0: down the road. Randy, as usual, great advice, so thank you for your time here today, and I'm sure our listeners appreciate your insights on this. We'll have to get you back again to talk about this in the next of detail. Thanks for your time today. And you can find the links to the items we referenced in the show today below the podcast. If you're online, of course, and the URL for that is kpmg.com slash US slash podcast. That's our wrap. Thanks for your participation.